0: and welcome to the divine feminine ramona sitaway your host and this is episode 18. Uh, i mostly discuss things within the context of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and we discuss anything from a partnership in the priesthood mother in heaven any research that i'm doing on that Uh, i talk a lot about the book i wrote we are adam partnership of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and what it means for you. And sometimes I will have a special guest on. Most of the time it's just me discussing a lot of these things that I'm very interested in. I know a lot of people are interested in about how women fit into the church and into the world. So let's dive in. Today, I wanted to talk, uh, um, address mostly about single sisters um, and sisters who don't have children, basically any woman who has a delayed blessing of some sort. This is in chapter 18 of my book. I thought it was very important that we discuss about, the book is mostly about the patriarchal order, about priesthood. I wanted to have a frank discussion about, about single sisters I think we can all relate because every one of us has some type of something in our lives that is a a blessing that is delayed. Um, Sometimes that's marriage, it's children, it's um, having maybe children that are not active in the gospel, having a spouse that's not active in the gospel, delayed blessing of, of full health, Maybe it's a delayed blessing of having the kind of relationship with a parent or with a sibling, maybe a lack of a certain social skill. There's so many different things that um, come into our lives that a lot of times we look at and we might compare ourselves with, with other people, and that can be extremely dangerous and limiting. So I just wanted to talk about that and talk a little bit start off with um let's start with single sisters. It's not an easy thing to be a single sister in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints because we are a very family-centric church. Everything is about the family, focused on the family. In probably the last few years I think, you know, with all of the overhauls that have been happening, even from changing the format of the church magazine that used to be called the Ensign to the Liahona and how that has changed so much. And now there's so much more um, focus and equal focus on young adults, singles with the youth. It's just been, I think it's been amazing And it's become more of a global church. And that doesn't just mean within different cultures around the world, but global in the sense of individuals as as disciples of Jesus Christ. And I discuss that a lot as women, how women, we are disciples of Jesus Christ and how we are partners with the priesthood. I didn't want to belittle the oh you'll be blessed in the eternity's talk because i know a lot of people go there and they say well just hang on now and eventually you'll be blessed you'll be blessed with xyz with an eternal spouse with um your children finally being able to re- repent and return or your health will return or things of, th- of that nature so much of what satan whispers in our ears is he uses that delay and he whispers just give up it would be so much easier you would have so much less stress if you left the church uh, because that's what's causing you stress it's you know it's not you don't fit into that mold and so if you just left then you would have more free time. You would have more, uh, you would have less stress. You'd have more freedom, et cetera, et cetera. And so many times people find out later on that that was just not the case. They have so much less freedom. Um, Elder Dallin H. jokes, he also, and I have a lot of these quotes in my book, and the book is available on any most platforms. It's uh, available as ebook on Kindle Unlimited. It You can find it at Fair Mormon Bookstore, Cedar Fort, Amazon, Deseret Book. You can target.com. There's just so many different places that you can find it. Elder Dallin H. Oaks, he acknowledges that, quote, the principles identified for the exercise of priesthood authority are more understandable more comfortable for a married woman than for a single woman especially a single woman who has never been married she does not now experience priesthood authority in the partnership relationship of marriage her experiences with priesthood authority are in the hierarchical relationships of the church and some single women feel they have no voice in those relationships we're finding that this is changing more and more, especially within the ward councils, and having more um, equality and having more of our voices being heard. And I love that that part of the culture is changing. Part of the difficulties is us putting those pressures on ourselves. This idea of living up to that ideal family, whether it's within our current family that we have right now. It's a family that maybe you grew up in, family you're trying to create. And how if we look around, that every family is so different. And really true success in a family is when you are all trying to support each other, to sustain each other. No matter where you are on the covenant path, I think that is a successful family. When you want to continue to have relationships, no matter you're continually working on those relationships most church members do have a desire to have a companion have somebody they can live the gospel with for a lot of people those are delayed blessings I wanted to, to share a little bit one of the um, example of um, where we just have this idea of what a perfect family would look like or we think that for some reason we're doing something wrong because, because that we're somehow causing that delayed blessing. Um, when I had young children, all of my children were just good readers. They just, they liked to read and they were good at it. And I had a friend who her children struggled with their reading, not all of them, but you know, they, they had to do the extra practices and extra things in school And she asked me what I did to create such good readers in my family. And I could have said all the pat answers, you know, um, their dad and I were avid readers. But the bottom line is I didn't do anything special. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, that you shouldn't engage in those things to help encourage those blessings, whatever blessing you're seeking. But those children just came that way. And that's what a lot of the things that we go through in life is that we we and the people we have a relationship with have certain things that we come with. And we want to capitalize on those positive things, capitalize on those things that we can work with, and on those weaknesses. We just have to find a way to either strengthen those weaknesses or just find a, a workaround so that was just an example of some of those delight blessings really are not always our fault or our responsibility but how we react to them definitely definitely is when i was doing research for the book we are adam i spoke with a man named al haynes he was a former state president in here in Texas, and he was a sealer in the Houston Temple. hall. In fact, he was uh, my state president many years ago. And so I called him and I asked him about what he felt like the relationship. But, you know, what do we tell single sisters and their role in the patriarchal order? Because as we know, the patriarchal order is, is the, order we enter into when we enter into the new and everlasting covenant in the priesthood that means when we are married in the temple for for eternity for time and all eternity we enter into that highest order of a priesthood both men and women and so as a single sister you're not entering into that and that can be a little more difficult to translate what does that mean for a single sister And I love what Brother Haynes, how he articulated this. And he basically said that the covenant path is highly customized for individually customized, meaning that each of us enter in, meaning of when we enter in and when we complete it, when we complete that covenant path. And as a church culture, we have got we get ourselves all wrapped up into the timing of these things. We have the set timing of A happens, then B, then C, then D, and we feel like that if it doesn't go in that exact order, there's something wrong, and we we get frustrated. He he talks about this sequential axle of we grow up, go on a mission, then we get married, then we go through school and finish, etc. And we think that life will then be complete when we have done all of those A, B, C, D. And for other people, it could be um, that is complete when all of my children are sealed in the temple. When all of my grandchildren are sealed in the temple. When I mean, we add on that sequence in our own individual lives. He said, we don't talk about life except in the context of you do ABC and then you live happily ever after. What if it doesn't happen like this? Then we think we're a failure, close quote. But the fact is that eternal life is not a point in time. It becomes very difficult for us to understand and to comprehend it because we live this earth, we're living in in a time culture one of the reasons, there's two important reasons why this is hard for us to comprehend, is that we have those constraints of time and the constraints of space. And this is what Neil A. Maxwell wrote, which I love. Quote, time is clearly not our natural dimension. Thus it is that we are never really at home in time. Alternately, we find ourselves wishing to hasten the passage of time or to hold back the dawn. We can do either, of course, but whereas the fish is at home in water, we are clearly not at home in time because we belong to eternity, close quote. I love that. I'll put that in the show notes because that is just a, a beautiful quote. We belong to eternity. And that's why sometimes this life, that's one of the reasons why I feel like we get frustrated with ourselves because we don't understand we can't we have that hard concept of time we it's like um it's like the border in a fo- in a photograph or in a painting that photograph ends at that border at that boundary or that painting but if we take that frame off and we realize that that painting actually goes on and on and on we have those borders around that painting we have that frame we have a hard time understanding um, things that are outside of that frame in part because we we don't see them yet we can't see them but through staying on the covenant path and the the work that we do in the temple really feel like that helps us get a glimpse of what is beyond that border beyond that frame and it gives us more hope it gives us patience. Alma tried explaining this to his son, Corianton, when he taught, quote, "All as it as is one day with God, and time only is measured unto men." Part of it is we need to understand what our purpose is, no matter what our blessings, our delayed blessings are. So, as a single sister, as um, a single mother, as just a woman with whatever limitations we believe we have we focus on what our goal is what our purpose is in this life so now in, there are two cultural camps in the church epicureanism which emphasizes living life now and asceticism which emphasizes self-denial so members of the second camp might say oh just wait you're going to find happiness in the next life. So members who may not be going through the same type of trial. So say a married person saying that to a single person, a mom with six children saying it to a woman who has infertility person who has all of their children have returned to the gospel where after a period of activity um, might say to a person who has no active children or only a few active children, of don't wait you know the scriptures say when they're dead they're going to be able to repent and come back and that always hurts because i don't want to wait until someone's dead i don't want to wait till i'm dead find my purpose or to have joy now i want to be able to have joy now despite limitations despite a delay in some blessings Neil A. Maxwell also wrote this. He said, some undergo searing developments that cut suddenly into mortality status quo. Some have trials to pass through while still others have allotments there to live with. President Nelson has been great at being this great equalizer and he has nine daughters. And so this is what makes him one of a, an amazing prophet Because he knows firsthand about women. He knows firsthand about what they feel, um, the challenges that we go through, that we have that help we're different, but we're amazing. And he has said, no one can do what a righteous woman can do. He's basically speaking to every woman, right? No one can do what a righteous woman can do. My dear sisters, we need you. We need your strength, your conversion, your conviction, your ability to lead, your wisdom and your voice. We simply cannot gather Israel without you, close quote. So it does not matter as much in terms of our purpose in the kingdom, of what our marital status is, our parental status is, our relationship status is. Yes, those all come into play with our joy and, and ties in sometimes with our particular purpose in a certain time in our life, but we are individuals with individual gifts, purposes and goals and individual missions. And sometimes that mission changes depending on the season in our life, where we are But we always have a divine mission that's been given to us from God. And one of those divine missions is gathering Israel. That is everybody's one of the divine missions that everybody has. So no matter what your status is, you, me, all of us have a duty to gather Israel. And how we do that is individualized. We all have different gifts, different talents, different ways that that we fulfill our callings, both in in our our ministry, our personal ministry, our ministry in the church. And those are great gifts. So the gathering of Israel is the greatest challenge, the greatest cause, and the greatest work on earth today. One of the things um, that we need to ask daily is when we get up in the morning, we pray and we ask Heavenly Father, what is your divine mission for me today what is my divine purpose today it's like i said it can change And some uh, most of the time though there's one overarching arching minis- uh, ministry that we're, we fall under and um, a gift that we've been given a blessing that we've been giving on how we can best serve our brothers and sisters, how we can best serve our community and the world. Maxwell, he also said that when we start to accept those delayed blessings in our life, and if we focus on aligning our will with God, we will have a self-assuredness and a confidence that is unparalleled with anything and anybody. He refers to this as poise and quiet acceptance, and I think all of us can think of at least one person where we see that in their face, we see that in their demeanor, of um, this sense of peace. That no matter what is happening in their lives, it doesn't mean they're perfect. It doesn't mean they don't have trial. It doesn't mean that they don't cry once in a while or get discouraged. But that overall, there's this this quiet. Acceptance and this poise. And that is my goal to have this quiet, self assured confidence. We can be anxiously engaged without being anxious. Also, when I was working on the research for this book, I came across a chat room. It was an LDS chat room. And uh, there was a woman on there that I really liked what she was saying. Her name is Karen Anderson. And she's quoted in my book and she was diagnosed with infertility and she said she went through her own soul searching, deep soul searching to find her purpose and her mission in life, especially within the context of the church. One of the things that we do need to remember is that as daughters of Eve, we have that same gift, that same mission as a life giver. And remember, Eve was called a life giver before she gave birth, before she had children, before she was ever carrying a child. So life giver, we can't put that in a box, a tiny little box, or put on a certain label that a life giver is only X, Y, or Z. She, so Karen Anderson had to look for how she was a life giver with her infertility and she gave me permission to put this in the book and she said quote the highest and holiest calling in this life is discipleship you are called to be a disciple with your parents children friends acquaintances co-workers strangers whatever path in life god gives you is the most important thing he has for you to do right now if you're not married or childless or LGBT, etc. It is because what God has given you is more important for you than the other. Finding and filling your mission in life is the noblest thing that you can do. It is disheartening that the message I receive as infertile is that I don't get to experience the purpose of life here, so my job is to endure and wait it out. I reject that message wholeheartedly. It's damaging to tell someone their mortal life is a placeholder. And then she continues, When my answer to prayer was, Your purpose is not to fill a role, but build my kingdom, my life gratefully re-centered on Christ, as it should have been from the start. I had to reject other messages I was hearing to find my place in the first group so many of the times we are distracted we see that shiny thing off of this of the side and uh, we get caught up in what other people are doing what their mission is what their purpose is and we have to remember that somebody else's mission has nothing to do with us it has nothing to do with our mission we need to find what what that is what god wants us to do and to do it and since we have we're children that belong to eternity that there's not that constraint of time of of that border around that painting or that photograph that we need to remember we don't need to be constrained we are to serve with every with our heart mind and strength when we find that calling that it's not of the size we look at ourselves within this time constraint and we tend to compare the size of the garden that we're we're called to tend the the, how our blessings how our goals how what we're doing in a particular ministry or calling or job or whatever we tend to have our um and earthly measuring stick to that it's like if we don't have this big huge mission as we compare it to that maybe it's not as important but what's important is the individual remember in d and c it says the worth of souls is great if you are filling your ministry and your purpose and you're serving one person you are you're you're doing it you are succeeding. You are doing as God has asked you to do and to set aside these earthly comparisons that we have. Part of what sometimes we're called to do is we have a divine calling to wait. I'm referring again to delayed blessings, whatever that delayed blessing is. I do believe that's a divine calling within itself to a divine ministry. In one of my writer groups, many years ago, I met a, a widow. She had just lost her husband and she and I became really good friends. And the joy and this, she had that quiet self-assuredness, that poise. And when we would meet every month and I, I we became friends where we would go to each other's homes and I would have discussions with her. And I remember telling her one time, I said, you know, you have so much peace and I was just so impressed of how she was handling being a widow. And she said that she felt like that was part of her mission, is to be an example to other people, to other women, um, to other widows or to other women who one day may become a widow, that she needed to be that example of still having joy, still having peace. And I always remember that. That just being that for a lot of her mission, I bet um, she probably didn't know how to measure the success of that. A lot of our ministries, the measuring of success is difficult because when we're, especially if we are being an example, um, when we're raising children and we cannot measure our success, I'm going to say it, till maybe after we're dead. Because even when they leave home, we are still their parent and we still have a relationship. We have a duty to have a relationship with them, to support them in a different way than we did when they were growing up. But to say that's another danger we get into, like, especially putting our children on that particular path of they need to do A and then B and then C and then I'm a successful parent when they have met all of those conditions. And we have to be extremely careful with that as well sometimes it's hard to uh not to let past personal experiences that we've had in our life cast a shadow over our hope when we have the capacity with god to take all of those past experiences and we turn them and use them for good with our personal mission with our ministry and The story of Joseph, who was sold into Egypt, is a perfect example of that. He, with God's help, turned everything that happened to him into good. Every single thing, from being sold into slavery, to being thrown into prison, to finally being out, I mean, all those things, you know, the things he did while he was in slavery, he, he became the best slave he could be. And that was one of the things that I t- tried to teach my children, said no matter what you've been called to do, be the best slave you can be. Just do your best, even if it's not something that you are particularly fond of doing at that time, but you know, you have to do it. When he was in prison, um, that could have been the lowest, that probably was the lowest point in his life, other than having his brother's, totally betray him but while he was in prison he served and um and then you just look at what happened he became second to the pharaoh and because he did his best from day one he was able to be an instrument of the lord for people all around the land elder scott wrote this the lord is intent on your personal growth and development The program, that progress is accelerated when you willingly allow him to lead you through every growth experience you encounter, whether initially it be to your individual locking or not. When you trust in the Lord, when you are willing to let your heart and your mind be centered on his will, when you ask to be led by the spirit to do his will, you are assured of the greatest happiness along the way. And the most fulfilling attainment from this mortal experience. If you question everything you are asked to do or dig in your heels at every unpleasant challenge, you make it harder for the Lord to bless you. Close quote. And that just goes right in with having that self-assuredness that the Lord is going to help you with every task that you are given. Whether or not you're able to get out of the task. So I wanted to say something to the single mothers. Um, this is probably one of the harder ones because you're having to be a mother and a father. And that's that's lonely. It's tough. It's frustrating. It can, um, can be very discouraging. I have been very fortunate in that I've not had to experience that. My mother and my mother-in-law both didn't have to experience that. And so we were very blessed in this way but to show you proof that the lord is aware of you we remember the story of the widow of zarephath she, this was it's in it's current day in lebanon right now but this is the widow that the elijah the prophet elijah was sent directly to minister to it was during a time of a great famine the story is uh, this account is in first kings i'll have that in the show notes as well God knew her heart as well as he knew the condition and the state that her son were in. Before Elijah came to her home, the lamb, you know, the lamb was in a devastating famine and she had no more food. She had enough for one meal, enough oil and enough flour, enough meal uh, for one meal. And so she had made a decision that day. That she was going to make one last, you know, meal cake, feed it to her son, and then they were going to both just lay down. She was just going to let them die. Well, Elijah, Elijah shows up. He asks her to make him food, to make him that meal cake, and for this woman, it took so much courage, so much faith and trust in the Lord and in the Lord's servant to do this. He did just that. She gave him the last of her food. She was obedient. And as she did so, her obedience blessed her and her son with enough food until the famine had ended. So what I thought, besides the obvious takeaways from this example is obedience to the Lord, obedience to the Lord's servants, is that of all those suffering families In the land, the Lord sends Elijah to a single mother. Just think about that. She was not invisible. I think so many times single mothers feel left out. They feel invisible. They feel so overwhelmed. And to be honest, I think any help they get is not nearly enough. Um, Any support they get is not nearly enough. I think we need to be doing more to help and support. Or single mothers he chose and trusted her to accept a servant of the lord into her home the lord looks on every heart and recognized her soul for what it was i just want to reiterate that the lord does have in store incredible blessings for anyone who is being delayed a blessing for whatever reason and if there's a takeaway from this Um, or a call to action, it would be for all of us to get on our knees and ask Heavenly Father, what is my divine mission? And if that's too overwhelming of a, a statement or too overwhelming of a question to ask, thinking of a whole divine mission for your whole life, maybe just that morning, one morning, get up and ask, what is your divine mission for me today? Just for today. And then just quietly listen, go about your day and listen to what the spirit tells you, because I think all of us are these widows in, in Zarephath. We, we are not forgotten of the Lord. I think she probably felt like her life didn't matter as much because she was not the only one suffering. There were many other people suffering, but that was one way that the Lord was going to show her and show us, the reader, that he sees every single one of us. And he's going to send you on know, those days and those times in our lives when we feel like we have no more to give. We don't have enough spiritual food or water or whatever it is to get us through that day or that week or that month or whatever. That the Lord will always send A blessing, a compensatory blessing that it may not. I mean, she just had enough to get her through to the end of the famine. And and she would just reach in and it always looked like in those um, cruise of oil and in that meal that there was just enough for one more, just one more. And I feel like that's how the Lord blesses us. It's the manna. It's like we have to go out and harvest that manna every single day. And that he will carry us through until we don't need that manna anymore, until we don't need that that little bit of oil and meal. We can have the joy and the blessings now. We are meant to have joy now. And yes, our joy is not full. We will have an additional add to that joy in in our after we're dead later on but we that doesn't mean that we are not able to fill it now or that we are not qualified to fill it now because we are and we no matter what our delayed blessing is we will be given it as long as we stay on that covenant path and we are obedient doesn't mean we have to be perfect unless we are perfected in Christ. That's where our perfection comes is in Christ. Thank you again. I appreciate you joining in. i'm I love this topic. I love the subject of women in the gospel. Part of the reason I started, I wrote this book and started this podcast is I don't want any single woman to feel like she is an add-on, that she was an afterthought, that okay, we the heavenly Father did all the important stuff, like, well, Let's make an Eve. Because I know it kind of sounds like that in the current translation of the Old Testament. Like, well, you know, Adam doesn't have a companion. Why don't we do that? That is not Heavenly Father's plan. We are not an afterthought. We are not invisible. We have a very strong purpose, very strong mission that is not like a man's mission. When we put it in partnership with our spouse, with our husband's, we have an even greater mission that we can fulfill together but in the meantime find out what that is for the day have an awesome blessed day please hit subscribe to this podcast please go to my website ramonasitaway.com send me some comments let me know what you think about this podcast if you have a takeaway that you took that that you had from this podcast in this episode Uh, give me a rating hopefully five stars on itunes or on wherever your app is if there's a rating system on there send me email ramona sitaway at gmail.com i love to hear and if you have something a a topic that you would like me to discuss in relation to women in the church if there's a frustration that you have a question or if you just want to share Uh, A beautiful story that I, I can share on my podcast. That would be awesome. Have an amazing day. And until next time.